Well, good morning, everyone. My name is Neil, and I'm one of the pastors here at the Edge Church. Uh, we are so thankful to have you join us um, in house churches all over Chicagoland and wherever else you are online, we welcome you. And we know that you have so many other places that you could be, but you are choosing to be with us as we lift up the name of Jesus. Last week, we started our brand new series called The Table as we talked about this long-practiced biblical precedent of people meeting with each other and meeting with God around tables. And that's exactly what our hope is for our community throughout this series and beyond in our community. We're gonna talk about several different subjects throughout this series, and these next two weeks, we're gonna focus on communion. And communion is where we meet the Lord. It's where we come to the table and he accepts us because of what he's done. We're also going to talk about fellowship. And that's where we come together, not just as friends, but as fellow um, sojourners on this incredible journey that God has called us to be on as we follow Jesus together. And then ultimately, we're going to talk about how this is an invitational table, that we are not called to keep people away from the table, but we're supposed to sit at big tables and invite people to the table to meet with God and with each other. I remember I was about six years old, um, and, I, and one of the rare times that I went to church with my parents, we didn't go to church a whole lot when I was little. Uh, there was singing, I remember, and there was this guy who got up and he talked for a really long time. It's kind of funny that I became one of those people. And suddenly in the service, there was this tray that appeared at the end of the aisle that I was sitting in, and it made its way through the hands of each person as it came closer to me. And I remember that they took this little tiny cracker and they had this little teeny thimble-sized cup of juice. And for whatever reason, our family friends, the Wallovers, uh, were sitting with us. That was Jim and Brenda. They, those were the parents, and they were good friends with my parents. And their sons, Brad and Christian, were some of my best friends. And they were with us. And I remember watching Jim and Brenda eat uh, the bread, eat the little cracker, and then they drank that little tiny thimble of juice. And then they offered it to their sons, Brad and Christian. And I remember seeing Brad and Christian do it, and I'd never seen this before, and I just figured, well, I guess I get to do the same thing. And it got to my parents, and they both took it. They ate the little cracker, and they drank from the little cup of juice. And then I remember reaching for it because I thought that's what you were supposed to do. And my parents grabbed it away from me, and they passed it to the next family. And I remember the only thing they said is, you haven't been baptized yet, so you can't have that little cracker and that cup of juice. And all I could think was, what does that even mean? And why do my friends get to do it? I never got a good explanation from my parents at the time. And honestly, it wouldn't have really mattered even if I did get an explanation. I just remember feeling left out and I felt a little bit strange. And I can tell you that I never tried to grab it again. Today and next Sunday, we're going to dive into the most important table of the Christian faith, the place that Jesus said that we're supposed to meet at each time we remember him when we're gathered with other followers of Jesus, and that's the table of communion. Now, if you grew up in some variety of the Christian tradition, you might have grown up calling it um, the Eucharist, 
which means Thanksgiving. So if you grew up Catholic, you probably called it the Eucharist. You might have called it Holy Communion. You might have called it the Lord's Supper. You might have just said it's, it's communion. Whatever you call it, it's important for you to know that it was first instituted by Jesus during his final meal with his earthly disciples. And we can read about that in one of the accounts of the Gospels. It's in Luke chapter 22, verses 14 through 20. It says, when the hour came, Jesus and his apostles reclined at the table and he said to them, I have eagerly desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. For I tell you, I will not eat it again until it finds fulfillment in the kingdom of God. After taking the cup, he gave thanks and said, take this and divide it among you. For I tell you, I will not drink again from the fruit of the vine until the kingdom of God comes. And he took the bread, gave thanks and broke it and gave it to them saying, this is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after the supper, he took the cup saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood, which is poured out for you. There is so much that we could land on in this passage. But I really just quickly want to point out two things. And the first thing that stands out to me is that Jesus himself defines this particular moment in his final meal with his followers as a meal to remember. It shows the significance, not necessarily of the meal, but of the person, Jesus. He says, he doesn't say, I want you to remember this food. He says, I want you to do this to remember me. Jesus was really, in essence, saying this, all of this is going to compute with you later. You're not going to understand everything right now. But Jesus was really placing himself at the center of the table, the place that he has always had and he always will have. I love the description of Jesus um, given by the Apostle Paul in Colossians uh, chapter 1, verses 17 through 20. Speaking of Jesus, Paul says this, He is before all things, and in him all things hold together. And he is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning and the firstborn from among the dead, so that in everything he might have the supremacy. For God was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in him and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether things on earth or things in heaven, by making peace through his blood shed on the cross. It's incredibly, incredibly important to see that Paul is saying that Jesus actually lived before he lived on earth. That is mind-blowing to us because we're finite, but he was not just present at the time of creation when God made all things He made everything that we see because Jesus is God. It's really mind-blowing. I don't even really know how to fully comprehend that myself because our minds are finite and then suddenly we meet the one who is infinite. The second thing we need to know from the passage from Luke about the Last Supper is that Jesus declared that this was the moment of he was pointing to a new covenant which signifies a connection to the past because if there's a new one, there had to be an old one. But now there is something that is here that will supersede it. And so for the rest of our time today, we're going to look at the connection between the old way and the new way, which were both commemorated. They're both celebrated at tables. 
the human experience um, has existed through many different times and many places, but a common thread always emerges wherever people are, no matter what time period, no, ma no matter what socioeconomic status, and it's this reality that we humans, we tend to get into a lot of trouble. And we end up in circumstances that can only be remedied by divine intervention. We can't fix it ourselves no matter how hard we try. And that's still true today, just as it was 1,500 years before Jesus walked the earth. The story of God's people 1,500 years before Jesus is that uh, the Egyptians took the Jews as uh, slave labor and they wanted to build their empire. And the Jews cried out to God for 400 years. I'm sure many times they thought he didn't hear their cry or he didn't care about them. But God heard their desperate cries for freedom. And he commissioned Moses to be his human agent in freeing the people. Here's the beautiful thing. God does not need to use people but he chooses to partner with very flawed people to accomplish his will. That's far more exciting than anything that we can be a part of on our own on this earth. If you remember the story of Moses, you'll know that the Egyptian king who was known as Pharaoh, um, he didn't listen to Moses. And God used Moses to warn Pharaoh with all these different plagues. They were horrible plagues to, to convince Pharaoh to set the people of God free but to no avail because Pharaoh had a hard heart. After this horrible number of signs was sent by God to the Egyptian people uh, to release the slaves, God told Moses that he was gonna do one last one, one last sign, and then ultimately he would set the people free. And God told Moses that this final plague he would send would be the death of each of the firstborn males of the Egyptians and also the firstborn male animals of the Egyptians. But before that was going to happen, God gave Moses a very specific meal to commemorate that time. So before it actually happened, God said, this is what's going to separate my people from the Egyptians who were doing evil to my people. God told Moses that each family in the entire community was to select a lamb and bring it into their home for four days. And then at twilight, they were each, each family with each lamb, they were at the same time to slaughter the lambs and prepare them to be fully eaten that night in their individual homes. And then he, he said something interesting. He said that each family was to take some of the blood from the lambs that they had just slaughtered and put it around the doorposts of their house. So there would have been in, in each of the four places on the door, the top and the bottom and each side. And they were told that at midnight, God would pass through the land of Egypt. And when he saw blood on the doorposts, he would pass over those houses, reserving judgment for the homes without the blood. They would be each of the Egyptian homes. God then instructed Moses to make this a lasting ordinance among his people, to teach all of the next generations, all of the generations to come, the significance of when God passed over the houses of the Israelites in Egypt, but struck down the Egyptians. It absolutely blows my mind when I look at the intricate details of the story that God has put in place to see the provision that he has made for us. 
And I think one of the dangers we have as Christians today is that we often fail to understand our family history. So we only grasp all that God has done with the almost the dimmest of eyes and lackluster hearts because we only tend to look at the story of Jesus without connecting it to the story of God and, and the history of his people. We fail to see they're all connected. So we're gonna take a little bit of time today to connect the table of Passover, what we just talked about, the story of God freeing and freeing his people by passing over his people and exacting judgment on the Egyptians. We're gonna connect that table to the table of communion. And we're gonna see how, how God has perfectly weaved together two tables, one from the old times and one for today. In the Gospel of John, um, this is how John the Baptist announced Jesus when he saw him walking towards the group of people that he was baptizing. In John chapter 1, verse 29, uh, John the Baptist, it says, The next day John saw Jesus coming toward him and said, Look, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. You know, maybe uh, take off your church hat for just a minute if you have a lot of experience in church. I, I really want you to just think about this. What a weird thing to call a person. He was calling Jesus this helpless animal, but he's also said he uh, would take away the sins of the world. So how is sin taken away? Well, the very first sins committed by the very first people, Adam and Eve, they tried to cover up their own sin, and we do that today too. We talked about that a little bit last week. But with Adam and Eve, after they tried to cover up their sin, God came in and he himself provided their cover. Do you remember what the cover was? It was pieces of clothing that God made from animal skins that were sacrificed for Adam and Eve's sin. So sin is covered by a blood sacrifice. That may offend us in all sorts of ways. I've heard people say that today that, ooh, that sounds so messy. It sounds inhumane. But the truth is it's God's design. And it speaks to the seriousness of sin that we want to dismiss or minimize or forget about. We always wanna do that, don't we? But the truth is sin causes death, period. It just does. And God takes it painfully and personally, seriously. So think about that for a minute, uh, that Jesus is described as the Lamb of God. I want to skip forward to almost the end of his life, just days before the Passover feast in Jerusalem was to be held. Jesus rode in to Jerusalem four days before Passover. And it just so happens to be the exact time that 1,500 years earlier, God had told the Israelites to bring an unblemished, perfect lamb into their homes to celebrate the annual Passover. Let's jump to Luke chapter 22, verses 7 through 15. It says, Then came the day of unleavened bread, on which the Passover lamb had to be sacrificed. Jesus sent Peter and John, saying, Go and make preparations for us to eat the Passover. Where do you want us to prepare it, they asked. He replied, as you enter the city, a man carrying a jar of water will meet you. Follow him to the house that he enters and say to the owner of the house, the teacher asks, where is the guest room? Where may I eat the Passover with my disciples? 
He will show you a large room upstairs, all furnished. Make preparations there. They left and found things just as Jesus had told them, so they prepared the Passover. When the hour came, Jesus and his apostles reclined at the table, and he said to them, I have eagerly desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. It was right after this that Jesus instituted the act of communion to remember him, the one sacrifice who gives us all the chance of having our tables filled with peace with each other and with God himself. At the first Passover, God rescued his people from the tyranny of the slaveholders. At the first Passover, God offered safety to his people by the blood of many sacrificed lambs. At the first Passover, God looked to see who had placed blood on the doorways of their homes. At the final Passover, God showed that he would rescue his people from the tyranny of their own sin. At the final Passover, God offered permanent security to all people by the blood of the lamb. And at the final Passover, God offered his blood, which is given for all and only appropriated by some. When I was six years old, my parents wouldn't allow me to take communion. I didn't understand it, and I'm not sure um, that I could have at the time, but today I'm glad that they didn't let me do it. If they had casually allowed me to take it, I would never have understood its significance when I did. And I would have inadvertently dishonored the one that the feast is all about. Because the one who the feast is all about um, he is the one who is the great reality of the whole, uh, the whole of Scripture. It's the story of God who loved his creation so much that he sent his son all the way to the cross to shed his blood so that we could come home. And God continues to rescue us over and over and over again all throughout time. And all of the rescuing God did in the past including that very first Passover, it was a, a shadow of the things to come. It was the picture of the greater saving that God was yet to do. One person from another world who the Bible says was and is and is to come. The first Passover, the first table, it was just a forerunner for the final Passover where Jesus instituted the celebration of communion. The very table that represents God's sacrifice, where we are invited by God himself to remember the one who has the ability to save. If you are a follower of Jesus, I pray that this message has encouraged your heart and your pursuit of that one who made a way for you forever at his table. And if you aren't yet a follower of Jesus, but you just have this sense inside that there is something stirring in your heart, I want, I want to tell you what that is. That is the Spirit of God moving your heart toward Jesus. And I want to invite you to give the only thing that you have to offer to God, which is your sin, to the one that John said came to take away the sins of the world. He, that very one, that God is eager to offer you a seat at his table. That might be hard to believe for some of you. It was for me for a while. Romans chapter 10, verse 13, it says, everyone, everyone 
not some people, not a select few, not the people who know the secret handshake, not the people who go to church or the people who don't go to church. It says, everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. That is good news. So I want to encourage you to do this. Just turn from your sin and turn to him. And I promise you this, he's not going to make you grovel. He's not going to make you fall down and say certain things. He is going to meet you the second he sees you look his way. He is a father who longs to bring all of his children home. In celebration of that same Jesus, Let's remember the sacrifice that he made today. As we've talked about communion, we're actually going to participate in it together. 2,000 years ago, Jesus Christ made it clear that he was the plan from the very beginning. He was the remedy for all human disobedience, and he calls on us to remember him today as we gather. He wants to be the centerpiece of our lives and of all of our tables. So today I want, I want to encourage you to um, grab your cup of juice and grab your cracker. And we're just going to go through and, and recognize what Jesus did for us. We're going to remember him like this. So we take this bread and, and scripture tells us that this bread represents Jesus's body. He said, uh, my, this is my body broken for you. And he said, do this in remembrance of me. So we're going to do that right now. So all together as a community, wherever you are, in house church or home with your family, just take this and remember him. Scripture also tells us that after, um, after Jesus took the bread and his followers did it, he took the cup. So we're just going to give thanks because it is the, the, the price of sin is the shedding of blood. But the good news is, is that all of the sin that you've done, all the sin that you ever will do is covered by the blood that Jesus shed for you. He was eager to do it. If just one person had said yes, it was enough for him. So God, we thank you for this cup. We thank you for your great love for us. You didn't just love us with words. You loved us with your whole life, all the way to dying on the cross for our sins. So we thank you for it and we drink it and we, um, we just pray, God, that we, we would develop a gratitude for what you've done and understanding so that every time we do this, we don't do it with a casual attitude and we don't do it um, as a religious exercise, but we remember what you did for us. So let's take that together. We're gonna close in just a minute with worship. But before we do that, we love to leave you with questions because we know that questions around a table, we can have rich conversations and hearts can change when we listen to each other. So here are the questions we have for you today. The first one is this. There are so many hidden treasures in the Bible. What moves you the most about the connecting points between the first Passover and the last Passover celebrations and why? The second question is, if you're comfortable with it, share about your first experience taking communion, just like I shared earlier on in the sermon today. And the third is this, is there anything in your life today that makes you hesitant to come to God's table? 
If you're willing to share it, please do. And I promise you this, there will be no judgment that's cast upon you. Thank you for joining us today. We appreciate you guys. We love you. And we hope to see you next week at the table.